What's up, ghoul kids? Welcome back to the Ghoulish Gallery. Each week, I've got a guest from a different location here to talk to us about their local spooks, haunted places, cryptids, urban legends, etc. And this week, we have Ezekiel Kincaid and Journey Whining in the background, author of The Dawning and active member of the horror community. And thank you for coming on, man. I was really excited when you reached out to join me for an episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited to talk with you about some of the urgent urban legends that I grew up with here in my hometown that, that inspired uh, a whole universe of stories that uh, starts off in the book, The Dawning. And so The Dawning is kind of just the beginning of an entire huge series that's going to span a course of about 200 years and end up um, kind of in present day. Oh, wow. All right. Now, I'm afraid to ask this question. Yes. How long do I have to wait for the next installment? <laughs> it is in editing right now. Oh, fantastic. So it should be coming out very, very soon. And this next book um the gathering it's you know the beginning of the dawning is a little bit of a slow burn and then it it picks up mm -hmm. a little bit before halfway through and then this one and then book three they pick up right away and so it's just intense right in. and dark and creepy and it just progresses into a turbulent nightmare oh. that's kind of how i like to explain it it you know i everybody always says talks about like how creepy kids are in horror movies and everything but i feel like that translated so well to that book because i mean what do you do like at the age that she's at like kids are supposed to be learning the difference between you know good and evil and when you start off kind of swayed to that one side already it's like what is somebody going to be capable of? And I'm a, a little scared to find out, but also very impatient. So, yeah. And what I what excited. I like about the the setup of the dawning and Theodosia's family is, for all intents and purposes, her family's a very religious, very righteous family. It should be a mm. safe place, right? Uh, and it's it's not. And it's kind of gives you the sense of if evil can infiltrate this, like, are we safe anywhere? Yeah. yeah, that's exactly because, I mean, like you say, you would expect that, you know, a good family going to church regularly and just in general, like a good family, you know, it's just like, man, that's, I, I cuss too much and <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> So no, it's I'm I'm definitely ready and anxiously awaiting the uh the second one. I'm I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing where it goes. I will let you know as soon as I get a publication date sent my way. Heck yeah. From Raven Tail. That's gonna be awesome. Thank so you. in terms of like your history as a horror fan, has it been like a lifelong thing for you? Is it a more recent development? What you got? Oh no, it's it's lifelong. Um, I got hooked when I was about six years old. Oh, so wow. there was this this made-for-TV movie called The Demon Murder Case, uh, starring Kevin Bacon. 
Oh, <laughs> um, <old> Kevin. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually so the devil made me do it the conjuring movie yeah that new one that just came out uh-huh. the demon murder case was a pretty much an older version of that it was based off the warrens oh. case file oh wow. and so it was this 1985 possession movie that i saw made for tv at six years old that absolutely scared the living daylights out of me and um I was hooked on horror ever since I saw that. And it was, it was that. And then there's another made for TV movie called the midnight hour from 1985. I kind of saw those around the same time and it was just a collision course for me. And it's been (laughs) perfect horror ever since I was six years old. Um, but now writing, I didn't get into it. Um, probably about the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been, I haven't been at writing too, too long. Um, mm-hmm. but definitely a lifelong fan of it. I feel like such an oddity in the horror community because like all of my stories related to horror from when I was younger, or of me being like scarred. So (laughs) my mom got so mad. I don't remember what year it was that the first alien movie came out, but she loved to talk about how one of my cousins made me sit down and watch it. Um, And I was born in 87. So mm -hmm. I don't know how old I would have been at that point. Um, but they they were watching it at home and made me sit down and watch it and she said I had nightmares for like three weeks and just like would wake up screaming in the middle of the night. So it always cracks me up and I'm like, man, I was such a little wuss as a kid. Like all these other kids were like badasses watching horror when they were like five, six, seven. And here I was waking up in the middle of the night screaming with nightmares. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it scared the daylights out of me. It scared the crap out of me watching that as a as a kid, especially in the movie. It's a young child that's possessed. And so oh, as a kid, yeah. seeing another child possessed, it was kind of like. I was scared of getting possessed. That's that's valid. <laughs> I'll have to try and find that. I didn't realize that they had done like an earlier. Um... Yes, it's on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. So oh, anybody listening, if you want to look up the demon murder case, it's still a pretty good watch. Plus, Even classic today. Kevin Bacon. You can't go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people started writing especially like 2020 with the pandemic and being quarantined seemed to be a big year for people to kind of dive into, into their writing. So Mm -hmm. you you come into it, like thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, these people are writing these awesome books. Like they must've been doing this forever. And no, it's just been the last few years. So it's it's really cool to, to see where everybody's at with, with their writing. So which, like I said, you don't have to like get super specific um which region in general are you from uh, i live in south louisiana around the baton rouge area okay and born and raised here so uh southern boy but i've mm. i've lived uh all across the south in different places um but baton rouge in that area is is my hometown mm. Um, so 
little little Cajun at heart. <laughs> I feel like Louisiana especially is notorious for all of the horror things. All the old stories. Yeah, yeah a lot of crazy stuff down here. Um, rich history of uh, voodoo mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, Catholicism down here so there is a lot of ghost stories a lot of cult stories Uh, we have our own version of the werewolf which is called the rougarou um and i actually did a i did a story on that um one time i think it's on um I think it's on Horror Bound. So if you look up Horror Bound, um, one of the sites I write for, I, I believe the Rougarou is on that story. Uh, that story's on that site. Oh, sweet. Uh, so yeah, we got our own little Cajun version of the werewolf. That's awesome. Are there like major differences between that and a werewolf or is it? Yeah, there's there's a couple differences. Um, I don't want to give it away in case somebody goes and reads the story because the the difference is like a main plot point in the story. Oh, that's valid. Uh, so it's it's different than than your normal werewolf. I'll uh, I'll have to go look for that. See if I can find it to link with the with the episode so people can go find it. Yeah, and I need to go find it. I love watching every documentary, TV show, whatever that I can find about cryptids. I don't care if I've seen ones on it a million times. Like the Loch Ness monster, you know, every time you watch it, they're not going to find it, but you don't stop watching. Like, yeah, you can't absolutely. So yeah, I, I'll have to uh, have fun. Now. I'm a huge, huge Bigfoot fan. Yeah, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet Bigfoot one day. Like that's my life goal. I'm going to get his autograph. <laughs> that is valid. And then the question is like, does he write his name or is it like a giant footprint? Well, you know, one of the, one of the things I debate with my fiance mm-hmm. and um, she's, <laughs> she's going to laugh when she goes and listens to this. <laughs> so I took a picture down here um, near my house mm-hmm. of this big, almost footprint looking thing um and i swore to her that it is a picture of a sasquatch footprint and she argues that it is just the puddle (laughs) but i'm going to i'm going to keep my argument up that this is a sasquatch footprint i mean it can't Uh, be disproved i will die on that hill But I have a Sasquatch in my woods around my house. And that's why I put him down as a co-host. <laughs> Somebody got excited. Oh my gosh. He's oh, he's so sweet, but he gets anytime he sees like a strange person, he just like loses his mind. And he's he's not aggressive, but because he's so big, he sounds like yeah. he's your face off. So yeah. we're no. we're in training right now to kind of help with his reactivity to things so that I can like take him places without people looking at me like I've got Cerberus on a leash. Yeah. So yeah. Be like, right. don't mess with me, he'll drag you to hell. Yeah, exactly. Like, and he totally sounds like it, but then as soon as you know, anybody that's 
familiar enough with dogs to be comfortable like that you know they'll approach him anyways and within five seconds he's like melting over getting butt scratches so yeah he's your best friend yeah exactly it's just that initial obnoxious noisy part that we are trying to trying to work on Uh, (laughs) and i can't shut him out because if i close the door he's gonna lose his mind even more Uh uh-huh um anyways okay back on track (laughs) story of my life all right so okay so we've got the rougarou um so what are what are some of your favorites that you heard while you were growing up so the biggest thing that i grew up with is there is an urban legend down here uh, around a road that is called Frenchtown Road. And um, I've written a couple articles on it as well that people can find if you just like Google um, the urban legend of Frenchtown Road by Ezekiel Kincaid. Mm-hmm. It, will, uh, it will pull up those, those articles. Um, but kind of give you a little background to this urban legend. Like it really took off in the 1980s and what it is is frenchtown road is like this real dark curvy road um out near where i live and towards the end of the road is this big railroad trestle and it's out there at the end of the road and underneath this railroad trestle where um paranormal events were supposed to happen um uh lots of satanic uh and occult worship that supposedly happened out there and if you remember anything about the 1980s um like i grew up in it so that satanic panic Mm. was documentaries and stuff was was really really big in the 80s and so all these urban legends really started circulating uh around there in the 80s and i can remember so like i i grew up in church and you know you remember that satanic panic well because everybody's like preaching to you about the dangers of 80s rock and roll music um (laughs) There's, there's actually, uh, so I got indoctrinated with this as, uh, as a young youth growing up in the South, there was this documentary called Hell's Bells. And it's like this three hour long thing where they just go through and they break down all these 80s rock and metal songs and (laughs) talk about how demonic and satanic they are and it's just like some of the most outlandish stuff they they piece together and and pull out but you could see you know even growing up in that the you know some of the church's reaction to some of the satanic panic that was going on it was Mm -hmm. it was everywhere in in the 80s um and there also used to be this uh this radio show that I would listen to as a kid. And I think the name of it was, um, it was called talk back with this guy named Bob Larson. Mm -hmm. And he would have, I mean, the, the whole thing was fake, but I didn't know it was fake as a kid, but he would have, he would have people call in and act like they were possessed by demons and he would cast (laughs) demons out on the, 
the radio show. And um, he even came to one of the churches here. And I got to go see him live in person. Um, and, you know, it was all this big hoorah and uproar. And he had supposedly these people from a cult coming in and trying to boycott his appearance and everything. Um, I mean, the guy got busted as a as a fraud eventually oh, um, with no surprise. But right. I'd say all this to give you a little bit of a background of what was going on down here in the 80s like the the satanic panic in this area was through the roof and so what that did is that just created the perfect fertile ground for these urban legends mm -hmm. in the area just to to take off and go go wild um and so frenchtown road at the end of this this bridge in this this trestle um you can see like when you get there like there's all this graffiti um like welcome to the gates of hell that's painted across the trestle and then like satan and then there were um like baphomets and things all spray painted on there and on the road um mm -hmm. since then like people have gone back and they've spray painted over it and tried to cover a lot of it up um so you can't really see much of what was left which is really really sad yeah uh, because all of the stuff has been been spray painted over but um so some of the the urban legends were and don't ask me how this happened um, I mean, it's just an urban legend, so you kind of have to suspend reality. Yeah. But supposedly this school bus was, I don't know if it was supposed to be like up on the railroad trestle or maybe it was further down the tracks, but it supposedly got hit by a train and all these kids died. And if you go under the bridge at night and turn off your car lights and then turn them back on, bloody handprints are supposed to appear all over your windshield oh my gosh <laughs> um i went out and tried it and it didn't happen that's disappointing uh, yeah yeah it was kind of disappointing that it didn't happen um other things that have supposedly happened like cars dying out there and not being able to start uh -huh. um people going out there to like party and um, being chased off by people in black robes. Um, people supposedly found a dead man hanging in a tree out there, and they've seen his ghost. Um, they've seen what they said would be like occult activity and rituals and chanting and um, lights chasing people through the woods. Um, all kinds of just weird stuff like that um people have even reported hearing the screams of some of the kids um on the school bus that got hit oh. uh, another legend was a girl got ran over by the train out there and you can still hear her screaming out there at night sometimes um i haven't heard it i've been out there many times um i haven't heard anything um, I haven't seen anything. I haven't felt anything. Um, but there were times when I went out there, um, 
this was about 20 years ago that I went out there and I did find um, where it looked like some type of occult rituals had happened. Um, there were uh, like stones aligned in a Baphomet and there were charred animal bodies on it. Mm-hmm. So something's happened out there. I don't know if it's just, you know, kids doing stuff and playing pranks, but that's the only thing that I've really seen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the legend of one of the last houses on the left, a witch supposedly lived there. And um, that was kind of one of the most popular ones is that the witch lived at the end of the road. And she was the one who had this whole cult thing going on out there. But this was all stories that began to develop um, in the 1980s. And then they just kind of began to morph and they kind of just took on a life of their own. Um, People reported seeing like some kind of weird cryptid animal out there uh, is as well. Um, Man, it's got everything. It, yeah, it does. It has a little bit of everything. And this cryptid, this cryptid animal was supposed to have like, um, like yellow eyes and this bony kind of distorted skin. And it was supposed to be growling at the people who saw it. Um, so, you know, these are the kind of stories that end up circulating in places like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in my writing, I kind of took the urban legend of the cult and the witch and have kind of uh, ran with with that. I have um, a novella that I'm working on that actually takes place in the year 1990 called The Tetramet Tapes about a group of young boys who find some old VHS tapes and uh, an old man's trash can in one of their neighborhoods. And this old man is really kind of mysterious. He's mean old bastard and just crotchety. And they end up getting the tape and watching the tapes. And there's some very disturbing things on the tapes. And they end up connecting it with what happened out at Frenchtown Road. And it uh, leads the boys to kind of go on an investigation and adventure out there to find out what happened on Frenchtown Road. Oh, snap. So, I love so that footage. So. Yes, that'll be a, a forthcoming um, book of mine as well. Um, awesome. One of these, one of these days, I'm still in the midst of working on it, um, but it's going to take place in that same uh, universe that Theodosia takes place in. Oh, Okay. I don't know what it is about railroads. I mean, you never hear any good stories about a railroad ever. <laughs> oh. it's, just, <laughs> it's just like doom and gloom all the way around. Yes. Yeah. And this, uh, this trestle, like uh, I know in one of the, the blog posts online that I did, I actually took pictures of it. Mm-hmm. So people can go on there and look at the pictures that I took of the place um, and kind of get a, a look and a feel for what it's what it's like um and it's it's recent pictures unfortunately i don't have any pictures when it was old in the heyday i wish i did Mm -hmm. Um, because that would just be phenomenal oh yeah 
And it goes to show you, like, you know, even if people don't believe in it, to go and, like, spray paint over it kind of makes you wonder, like, to some extent, they have to, it has, it obviously affects them in one way or another if they feel the need <laughs> to, to cover everything up. Yeah. I know um, a lot of the families back there at the end of Frenchtown Road were really affected by all of the urban legends. Mm. Um and, and not in a good way um, because it kind of really messed with their, just not their, not their livelihood, but their peace of mind because you had people coming back there all the yeah. time. You know, it makes me kind of wonder some, some of the things that these, these people supposedly saw, saw if it wasn't just the homeowners trying to run them off. And get them <laughs> Which would you know? be amazing and totally understandable. Cause I'm sure you know, the 10th time you've got like drunk kids sneaking through your yard looking for a cryptid or for the witch, like it's, it's got to get old pretty quick. Yep. Yes, I can imagine. But yeah, that is some of the urban legends around Frenchtown Road that right here in my hometown. Oof. Yeah, that's, I feel like most small towns, like there's always that one spot so where I grew up in New York, there were a lot of Amish that lived in that area. And I can't remember the name of the road now because I haven't lived there in forever. There were all these stories about, you know, an Amish buggy that had been hit and the whole family was killed. And, you know, you could go out there and hear the horses still and, and that kind of thing. And it's like, man, I'm pretty sure there's always that one road in like every small town where, you just every story under the sun and you hear a million different versions of it and all in all it just boils down to yeah you don't want to be out there yeah yeah and that's it's kind of how this is it's like there's so many different stories around this place um it's kind of like you know what's true and what's not mm-hmm. you know i so I don't know. That's just uh, in my research and with interviewing people. Mm. Um, that's pretty much what I uncovered. Um, it's kind of the stuff that I relayed to you. Um, so is it fact or fiction? I don't know. It's up, up to you to decide, man. Yeah, I just know um, there was nothing when I went out there that happened there was no paranormal activity like I said the only thing I ever saw was what looked like the remnants of uh, a cult ritual at one Mm -hmm. point Um, but you know I've done some paranormal investigation and um, you know this is yeah a lot of places that I've gone to do um, it's just it's it's nothing there's nothing there but there have been a few times where there has been some pretty freaky stuff really? um, as that has gone down. Yes. Um, but yeah, like with Frenchtown Road, I can't say that it is haunted because I did not experience anything out there. Uh, so how did you get into doing some of your own paranormal investigating? That's really oh, through, <laughs> through this urban legend. Um, awesome. you know, that, that kind of got me, uh, interested in it. And the last one I did, um, is with a uh, professional paranormal research. Um, he's on, on YouTube uh-huh. and he and I 
connected through Twitter. And uh, me and my fiance went up to Kentucky where he's at and went on an investigation with him um, because I really felt like this guy was the real deal because some of the videos I watched, like everything he does is live stream. Oh, okay. It's hard to, it's hard to fake anything. Yeah. And live stream. And so we went up there with him and um, you know, there were some pretty, pretty significant paranormal things that happened while we were at a haunted cemetery there so you can it's on his youtube channel so if people want to look up professional paranormal research ezekiel kincaid it has uh some of the stuff that we we did when um when i was out there with him which has been um some of the most paranormal activity i've ever experienced in a in a spot before See, we always, like, my mom and I were both huge fans of ghost hunters and everything. Um, and we, you know, especially liked kind of the scientific approach to things where they tried to, to disprove and all that. Yeah. And I like to think that I would have the, the, the cojones to, like, go on an actual paranormal. But I feel like there's just enough of me that is superstitious that I'm like... Mm, I would be that person in that movie who brought it home with them and (laughs) that would be the end of it like bye Tasha nice seeing you everything so I man I don't know I don't know if I could do it like it sounds great in theory but I just don't know if I have it in me hey yeah I mean there's there's definitely stuff you you need to do to make sure nothing does attach or come home with you um Mm -hmm. You know, it's definitely not one of those things you just run into blind. Yeah. Because uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> you deal with uh, some some dark stuff. Right. Uh, but the the stuff that we dealt with there in that cemetery was not was not evil. Mm. So that was that was a good thing. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's. and it's weird because like even as a kid so I lived in a small enough town that you could pretty much just run around town all day and cover it like a million times um but they had a pretty old cemetery there and as a kid like I don't know why it just felt like a very peaceful place to be so I really enjoyed like I'd just take off for the day and just like go chill in the cemetery Um, yeah so it's you know, but it's easy to see like how quickly, you know, that can turn the other way. Yes. Yeah. Like it always, it always weirded me out if I saw somebody with like the same birthday as me or something like that. Cause I'm like, Oh God, like that, that just brings it like that much closer to home. Oh yeah. Like on the, on the gravestone. Yes. Like super, super old, you know, some from like the 1800s and I don't know in the grand scheme of things that's not super super old but as a kid like that seems like ancient history oh yeah um and I'd kind of like to get around here um I'm in Tennessee so of course there's like a lot of civil war um locations and tours and stuff like that and I I would be curious to to go see some of these places in broad daylight Um, yes (laughs) Yeah, Tennessee is definitely a place that I would like to go, and uh, there's some 
some stuff there for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited because I just moved here. Uh, it'll be five years in December. So I, I still feel kind of like a newbie. Um, but one of the people who reached out to Beyond, she's actually from down like Chattanooga way. So uh-huh. it's like just close enough to me that some of the places that she mentioned, like I know of. So I'm definitely excited to hear some of what she has to say. Cause I've heard of like the bell, Witch out near Nashville yeah, um, and a couple other ones, but you know, and really it's only been the last year or so that I've gotten into the horror community as much as I have. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's, there's a lot of research that should be done around here. So I definitely need to make a list and I like to hike and stuff like that. So I feel like it'd be good to get out there and explore some of these spots that are supposed to be on the creepy side again. In oh, yeah. Light. <laughs> yeah. So you need to go out there and do a live show where the bell witch haunting is. See what oh, happens. Gosh. Yeah, that would be, that's, <laughs> that is one of those stories that, you know, it, I've definitely heard a lot of different versions of it, but you know, it's the second you say something about the Bell Witch, everybody in Tennessee's like, "Oh no, I don't. Mm, we don't. We don't talk about that." And I'm like, oh, "Come on, man! Like, tell me these things. I'm new. I need to learn." Yeah, the headlines will be like, uh, "Horror podcaster Tasha last seen near Bell Witch haunting." That would be this lady. Would <laughs> be just my luck. <laughs> Yeah, I want to go there. And then um, even just like on my way to work, there's like these giant abandoned buildings. Like, I don't know if they used to be factories or what, but I guess it's just like my morbid curiosity. And I also am a huge true crime fan. So I look at these things and like my first thought is how many people have been murdered in there? So (laughs) I'm just like, man, there's that's part of why I wanted to do this. Cause there's like all these, you know, little things that you just never hear about on your own. So mm-hmm. to get, you know, some of the, the insider stories is, is awesome. Yeah. Well, I will, I will tell you this. Um, there was one time when I was in college, there was an abandoned world war two ice house near one of the abandoned military bases and it was supposed to be a hotbed of satanic worship. So being the curious person that I was, I took a couple of buddy, buddies of mine out there, and we were going to go investigate and see what we could find out there. Mm-hmm. And so we, I don't even know, I don't even know where we ended up. We got lost out there. Mm-hmm and movie starts that way (laughs) yes so it's it's already starting off bad just like a horror movie we go out there (laughs) trying to find this place and we're lost oh no but um we end up stumbling upon where all of the satanic stuff was supposed to happen Uh and we went into uh, under all of these, uh, all of this rubble, these stone buildings were collapsed and everything and went underneath this rubble. And this isn't like, uh, I think it was like 1am, 2am in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're going to go, go big, go out there at the worst time possible. (laughs) 
and <laughs> so we're we're out there with our with our flashlights and we're shining around and it's just like you know there's satanic graffiti painted all under this just everywhere and we're looking at we're like oh dang i guess these stories are true and there was uh definitely stuff where there had been some animal sacrifices you could see the bones and like the the dead animal bodies um in there and align with with baphomets and pentagrams and everything so it was like the it was like the real deal going on in there and so we are we are coming out uh to leave to try to find our way back Mm -hmm. and as we're walking out we hear bam 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 gunshots (laughs) we are getting shot at so we just haul but every which way um turning off our flashlights running through the woods (laughs) Um, somebody shooting at us because you could hear the bullets whizzing by. Oh my gosh. Um, somehow we ended up getting out of there without getting shot. Oh, wow. And made it back to the vehicle and ended up getting home safely. Um, I don't know. I don't know who was shooting at us. We like to think it was, uh, people from the cult uh-huh. <laughs> um you know because that just makes the story sound cooler you yeah, know it does yeah, i was people from the cult didn't want us trespassing and discovering them so they were shooting at us but yeah somebody was whizzing bullets at us um <laughs> that was pretty scary so, yeah be careful out there if you're going on any paranormal investigations you might get shot at right man i can't help it like i i have this like default setting in my brain and all i can think right now is man you really dodged a bullet with that one yeah just i can't yeah it um oh my gosh my brain just blanked oh no what was i gonna say i'm totally cutting this part out okay Um, was it about uh paranormal investigations oh my god it was like right there oh movie book story i hate it when i do that it's like when you walk into a room to get something and then you completely forget why you walked into the room uh-huh it just, oh it, just it gets worse as you get older and after you have kids all that fun stuff uh, man fml Oh, and it was a good question, too. Hmm. I think running was something about satanic worship. Oh, oh, I got it. Okay. Yeah, no, so not too far from where I live, probably about an hour or so, is the cabin where they film the Evil Dead. Oh, yes. I've I've read a couple articles where, I mean, because it's, I guess it had burned down at one point and they had somewhat rebuilt it, but they've had a lot of problems, you know, with people, of course, wanting to go see the cabin where the Evil Dead was filmed. And, you know, with this being like East Tennessee, like it is very easy to picture somebody being shot up there for 
for trespassing just because they wanted to go see the the evil dead cabin uh-huh <clears throat> so yeah it's always definitely taking your life into your hands on that one out here but oh yeah the the cult members definitely make that a you i mean it's a good story all on its own because how often do people get shot at when they're just out looking at stuff yeah damn cult members yeah i was uh my adrenaline was pumping now when it since you've kind of been involved like in the paranormal investigation side of things and that sort of stuff like how do you how do you typically feel about found footage movies oh i love found footage movies (laughs) Uh, fantastic it is like my favorite genres of movies they are like i back in march with voices from the mausoleum we did found footage month and she went and dug up like a list of like 30 lesser known found footage movies and we watched one like every day of the month and it was it was such a cool experience because there's so many out there that they're really good but you have to hack your way through the ones and you can usually tell within like the first five minutes if it's going to be a good movie or not yep um but i just i feel like it's so underrated because you get so much more of the feeling and the vibe and the environment through movies like that yes that's always what i think of when i'm watching like ghost hunters or something like that i'm like oh man be such a great such a great found footage movie yes what are are your favorites um so starting off with the newer ones that i've seen um host on shutter where they do the the uh, zoom seance Mm -hmm. that one is is really really good um but as far as like my all-time favorite ones um i really really like um of course the the early paranormal activity movies like i love the first one and then the the third one um but grave encounters is that's by far one of my favorites where they go into that um that haunted uh asylum Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that one. Uh, Did not see that uh, as coming. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The ending. Yeah, they they got you with that one. That was I was not prepared for that at all. I don't want to spoil um, it. But. Yeah, as above, so below. That's another one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's one on Tubi that people can find called the Dibbuk Box. Ah, oh, that's on my list. And that one is good. That one actually um, scared my fiance. Like she got very creeped out at the movie. Um, so what it is, a guy buys one of those uh, Dybbuk boxes online, which is, um, you know, in Jewish tradition, you can um, bind a demon to this Dybbuk box. Mm-hmm. And so he goes and he gets a box and he opens it to see what happens and then the rest of the movie is showing what happens after he opens the box i feel like the and, phrase uh, be, instead of curiosity killed the cat it's curiosity kills everybody in horror movies <laughs> yes 
Yeah. Yeah, don't open the box. No, yeah, right. Don't, don't go check out the sound. Don't go check in that open door. Don't go look in the basement. Just mind your business and sit on the couch. <laughs> um, yeah. It is. So I'm I'm a huge fan of well, not really a fan of, but I'm I'm super fascinated by the Dyatlov Pass incident. And one of the found footage movies that um, we came across was Devil's Pass. Yes. Have you, you've seen that one? Oh, yes. That's oh. a great one. Oh, my gosh. I loved it so much because it, you know, you hear the same theories over and over again for what happened. So that's what I was expecting them to, like, take it in in terms of direction. But, man, they flipped that on its head. And that, I that takes that was, a wicked turn. Oh, it was so good in that movie yes um like Tubi like if people want to get on there like Tubi has a ton of found footage movies oh it's a gold mine I cannot believe it's free like <laughs> it is it's amazing and especially like most of the movies that I've watched on there you know I start watching one and then it pops up with oh what would you like to watch next and next thing you know I'm like my day is gone and I've watched like four movies and I'm like, Oh my yeah. God, what happened? <laughs> yep. So yep. Yeah. There's a, there's another one um, called curse of a roar, which Ooh. is really, really good. If you like kind of the witch cult found footage movies, uh-huh. um, that's a newer one. That's really, really good. It's, it's won a bunch of uh, film festival awards. I have to add that. Um, so check that one out. I'm pretty sure it's on Tubi as well, or it used to be. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm adding that to my list for sure. Um, have you seen Deadstream yet? Yes, I just watched that the other day. <laughs> so did I. I I wasn't sure what to expect. I I did get a chuckle out of that a few times. Oh, um, uh, that one kind of reminded me. It had like an Evil Dead feel to it. It kind of did. Like that guy was hilarious. He, oh my gosh. When when she like sticks her finger up his nose, uh-huh. I am pretty sure I snorted. I laughed so hard. And horror comedy for me is usually kind of a a delicate line to walk. So I felt like with that one, they did they did a pretty good job with it. Cause usually it just feels like it either ends up being more horror and the comedy falls flat or you know, it's just funny and it's not horror feeling at all. So yeah, they they did a, a good job of walking that line. Yes, they did. That was a that was a good one. Yeah, I just watched that one two nights ago and was like, ah, oh, I was pleasantly surprised with how good that was. Yeah. And I feel like it's kind of hopefully, you know, found footage. I feel like it kind of is already, but you know, it especially with all of like the social media directions and the influencers and everything, like all of these realistic turns that they can take with it. I feel like, you know, it just opens up so many more opportunities for, for everything. Um, I watched uh, Spree for the first time and reviewed it with one of the horror channels that I've done some YouTube stuff with. And Mm -hmm. um, I really liked the whole way they designed that. Like it just, it felt so legit and honestly wouldn't be all that surprising <laughs> no i'm i've been pretty impressed this has just been a great year for horror all around i've been really excited with with what they're coming out with 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm itching to see the new Terrifier movie. Oh, I know. I'm hearing all these stories, and I don't know how much of it is just them, like, you know, starting these stories to hype it up, but you keep hearing about people, like, throwing up or passing out in the theaters, and yeah. I mean, and the first one was, was kind of rough, like, with some of the gore, so I can... I can kind of see like if they escalated that, that it could definitely be difficult for some people. Oh yeah. I like that scene in the first one where he's got the chick hanging upside oh, and down. I, and then, whack. I totally had to, I'm not even gonna lie. I had to like cover my eyes for that one. Just hearing the noises like alone was so effective. Yes. That, that scene is worth the price of admission for that movie. Right. <laughs> Just that scene alone. And, <laughs> I don't I don't know why I guess it's because I'm I'm a child still um but my favorite scene from that movie is when he is riding around on the tricycle ringing the bell like it is just so absurd and out Uh of place that like one of my friends she has like the perfect setup for movies they've got like a tv installed out on their enclosed porch so she and I'll sit out there after dark and somehow it always ends up storming when we're out there watching movies but it's like absolutely terrifying sitting out there so that was that was how i watched terrifier and atmosphere it was it it was there were there were a couple times we had to pause it because the wind got crazy enough that it was kind of hard to hear which maybe should have been our sign a little little nerve-wracking but yeah it's it was such a cool environment to watch it in but that that scene especially, like the two of us just kind of looked at each other and just burst out laughing because we were like, man, that's just it's so unexpected and so out of place that it just it just works. Yes. Yes, so, it does. Yeah, that one I saw Barbarian. I really liked Barbarian. Uh, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, man, it's when I had looked last time, it was like a 92 on Rotten Tomatoes and I absolutely stand by their decision because okay. that was it was brilliant. They just they took such a different approach with how they they filmed it and everything, and it was and it's a beautiful movie, like just beautifully shot in general. So that's always a good contributor. But there's like all these new ones coming out too that I'm like, man, I just don't have time to go see all of these. <laughs> yeah, like you'll get around to it eventually. That's right. The joys of streaming, man. Mm-hmm. fantastic well is there so you're working on the this well it's an editing now for the sequel to the dawning um is there any other like appearances you have going on or any other projects you're working on that you want to talk about yeah i've got uh a couple books in the works like um the last two books in the dreadful death series are going to be coming out um pretty soon that's the gathering and then the morning Mm -hmm. and then um i've got a another book that is a prequel to the dreadful death series Mm -hmm. um it's called the gospel of lilith and it it is something different than i've ever done before it is like a fantasy myth folk horror tale oh um it's 
it's different. I, I'm not sure how to explain it other than, than that. Uh, what it does is it traces the Lilith myth um, from her Hebrew myth and kind of her uh, mythology and um, uh, Wicca and witchcraft. And it kind of blends the two mythologies together and it kind of goes back and traces Lilith from her origin and her becoming of uh, what we know her as today. And it also shows the origin of the creature that is in um, the Dreadful Death series, the Tetramet. It shows how he came to be. Oh, you'll definitely I'll have to keep an eye out for that one because I love anything related to Lilith. It's just such a fascinating, fascinating yeah. story for me. And um, I've got another uh, novella that will be coming out um, probably in the next year or so. It's called The Vengeful Lambs. And it is uh, it's my first uh, shot at a vampire story. Um, but it's a, it's a different kind of an original twist on vampirism mm -hmm. and the cause of it. And it is also, um, uh, kind of a polemic on, um, cause I you know a lot of my readers and fans know that I used to be a pastor Yeah, and, um, I'm a, I'm a chaplain now. And so this, this book the vengeful lambs is kind of a polemic on the hyper hyper religion and hyper hyper christian conservatism um mm -hmm. that uh, i think gives christianity a bad name and mm -hmm. so uh, the book is kind of a uh, a polemic on that like none of my stuff and that's what i want people to understand like none of my stuff is like yeah, just because I was a pastor, none of it's like overly religious or or preachy or anything like that. Um, so I don't want to get give people the idea that the vengeful lamb is, you know, this kind of preachy over religious book that's going to try to shove something down people's throat. It's it's not that way uh, uh, at all. Um, hmm. Yeah, that so. really caught my interest. Like when I was reading the forward um, for the dawning. Because I feel like, I mean, not to say, obviously, that, you know, someone who more involved with the religious community can't be a horror fan, but I feel like you just don't hear of it as much. Um, so that was that was something that definitely um, intrigued me when I was reading through that. But even with the dawning, you know, yes, there are the religious tones to it, because, of course, that plays a part of the story, but it definitely doesn't come across, you know, that way at all. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's people's fear sometimes. Um, and, you know, I've had reviewers just flat out refuse to review some of my stuff just because of my background. Oh, geez. Uh, it's, it's like they automatically think that just because I was a pastor or because I have, you know, I'm still a, a man of faith and a chaplain that, you know, I've got some kind of agenda to, to push. <laughs> You know, because I think everybody today is so used to agendas trying to be pushed and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just that's just not the case in my writings. Like, does 
religion come into play? Yeah, when it's necessary for the story, like a possession story. Right. Uh, you know, that's definitely going to to come into to play. And then, um, exp- you know, with Lilith, there's definitely a religious background there. But, um, you know, once people read that book, they'll definitely see it's not um, what they what they think and that's, that's kind of what I like about my writing it's uh it's not what you think a, a pastor would write which I, mm-hmm. I like um, yeah no it it definitely I mean it's great like I said you you know you have the the religious tones in there but it doesn't and it ugh, it makes me sad that you know people do that automatically like just shut it down because you know making an assumption on my end they're probably some of the same people who make or get all annoyed about you know assumptions that they feel religious people make against them so Mm -hmm. it's one of those like two wrongs don't make a right kind of thing like if you want people to give you a chance like you can't just shut them down you know because of what you're assuming they're going to be like yeah so that is sad for the most part i feel like Thankfully, from what I've seen on my side of the horror community, at least, um, people do seem to be pretty quick to call people out if they they get obnoxious. So I've mm-hmm. I've definitely been been glad to see that. At least for the most part, we tend to kind of band together and not put up with people behaving that way. So hopefully, that's not something you run into very often. Or, I mean, I know there's always going to be those people out there, but. Yeah. It's always makes me sad when I hear people behaving that way. Yeah, no, I mean for the most part, like the people and the writers I've met, I've formed good relationships with. Um uh, you know, so it's uh you know, made some some lifelong friends and connections and stuff. And um like my fiance and I, like her and I met through the horror community. Oh, that's and, awesome through writing and, and everything like that as, as well. So, um, lots of really good people, lots of really good relationships, uh, mm. that were formed and, um, yeah, you know, so bad lot- for, for stereotyping Twitter. Cause I, I refused to join for the longest time because I was like, <laughs> you never hear of anything good coming from Twitter ever. You know, if it's in the news, it's for something ridiculous. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of hesitant when I joined. It's been about a year now since I joined. Um, okay. I could not have been more wrong. Like once you, I mean, you know, there's all the special people on there that just I don't want to interact with. But, you know, once you kind of get your feed squared away and you kind of find your group of people and expand out from that a little bit. I mean, really, you don't have to deal with any of the the nonsense that mm-hmm. is out there. So I definitely, I'm definitely glad that I kind of bit down on that one and, and ended up joining. Cause it's, I mean, it sounds cheesy to say, but it's like legit changed my life, like being on Twitter and the people I've met. So it's, yeah. It's a good place. Yeah. Um, Twitter has been a good social media platform for me. Like at, you know, they say every author should have one platform that they really focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, and Twitter has been mine. It's worked well for me. Um, uh, you know, so that's kind of where I'm most active. Like I'm on Facebook and Instagram and I still post stuff on there, but mm-hmm. like Twitter, Twitter is where I get the most traction and, and interaction and stuff. So that's kind of my platform that I 
I focus on. Yeah. So I've, I've enjoyed my time on there. Yeah, it's it's been great. Sure. And I will also, because I believe I still have a list of your socials from the review I did. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll go ahead and link those with the episode for anybody who, you know, wants to, wants to look you up and find your work and everything like that. I mean, I do like the reviews and the author interviews and stuff. Cause I, I just, I love being able to do anything to like help spread the word for the indie community because it's such a great place. So I feel like if I can kind of use this to my advantage to do that too, um, then it's a win-win situation for me. So um, we'll get that all linked in there and I think what I think that's pretty much everything you have any uh final final thoughts um no just thank you for the support um that you give all of us authors and people in the indie horror community with um, the reviews and the reading and the promo and then having me on your podcast. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate people like you um, mm. helping us, helping us out um, and spreading the word. And um, so it's, it's appreciated by me and others like me out there. So we thank you well, I very much. You- definitely appreciate that I mean it's it's so easy to do like I mean none of this costs me any money not a dime and it's so easy to spread the word for people so I really hope that you know even if I get like one person an extra sale like it just makes me feel good yeah it's very selfish of me but (laughs) (laughs) but no I like I said I, I very much appreciate you reaching out and um being interested and hopping on here with me and definitely look forward to editing out journeys obnoxious <laughs> it's, it's gonna be fun listening to this episode to try to edit because it's probably gonna like blast my eardrums out when i'm playing it back oh yeah on the earphones yes. <laughs> he's such a monster i love him but he's a monster what kind of dog is he he's a weimariner great dane huge he's yeah he's my 80 pound baby Um, He just turned two in August. Um, I rescued him in March and he is like my doggy soulmate. Like we are both basket cases and also back and forth between having a lot of energy and just wanting to sleep all day. And we just, he's my best bud. Oh, we love dogs. We love cats. We have both. Uh, I, it, it cracked me up the other day. Like I, I rent my house and I was out cleaning up the yard and I was like, you know, the reason I didn't get a cat is because I didn't want to have to clean the litter box. And yet here I am outside essentially cleaning the litter box. This (laughs) completely defeated the purpose of what I was trying to avoid. (laughs) But no, I, I grew up with dogs. So he's, he's the first one I've had on my own as an adult. And I, I thought about changing his name at one point because he came with the name Journey, but honestly, he has been such a trip that it is just, <laughs> it is a very, very accurate name for him, so. Yeah, I like that name, Journey. He, yeah, he definitely. Don't stop believing. Right? That's what, <laughs> and everybody, when I first got him, they thought that's what I had named him, and I was like, if I had, that would exactly be why, because yeah. who doesn't love that song? All right. So, yeah, he's, he's my bud. 
So, all right, well, I will uh, go ahead and let you go, and I'm going to hit the sack here because 4.30 comes early. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I absolutely appreciate having you on um, chatting with us about Louisiana and definitely look forward to to the other stories you've got coming out. So, Yep, I'll hit you up as soon as I know uh, a date for uh, the next one. Fantastic. Sounds like a plan, sir. And All right. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Tasha. All right. Thanks. You have a good night. Bye.